How's it going, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Beyond the Blind. I am your host, Chris Adams. However you're listening to this thing, iTunes, Podbean, um, whatever it is, make sure you hit that subscribe button, leave us a review, comment, some feedback, whatever it is. It helps this thing grow, gets more eyes on it, and uh, I really appreciate it. Um, Yeah, if you're not following along with us on social media, type in BTBN, Facebook, Instagram, and uh, that's the best way to keep up with all the live streams and stuff that's going on through that. Join the closed podcast group on Facebook, BTBN Podcast, and it'll put you in the closed group. That's the first place that I share everything to and kind of interact the most with everybody at. Um, Yeah, so make sure you're part of that closed group. You know, you can comment on there, do whatever you want. It's the best way to get a hold of me. Um, If you want a paperweight of a duck call, I think I've only said it a few times in like the last 20 episodes, feel free to hit me up. Um, I get messages every day to be put on the list and... uh, it is building up for sure. And oh, there's my guest texting me. I put that thing on silent. Um, it's building up for sure, but uh, you know, I'll definitely get to you. So make sure you uh, send me a message if you want a pretty nice looking duck call that sounds pretty good too. Um, check out the Facebook. Uh, check out our Facebook BTBN. We're doing that callmaker head to head. I just put Corey's video up. Last night, and we talked about uh, the meat routine basics. I'm going to have some more call makers on there. It kicks off on the 1st. So we're going to have the first head-to-head start going down on the 1st. And it's uh, it's going to be exciting, man. I'm really... I've had so many people hit me up and tell me, you know, the idea was unique and very creative, new, exciting. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It, hopefully, it's something that we can do for a long time to come. But... Uh, I'm pretty excited to get this thing rolling. Today, I'm going to do a part two of uh, one that we did a couple weeks ago. And I told him that it was going to, you know, we're going to do it every couple weeks. It's going to be more work on dogs and uh, just some retriever talk. So without further ado, I'm going to welcome back Mr. James Staten. James, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. How about you? exhausted i am done with this freaking week one more day of work and i was just telling you next week is all duck calls i'm so happy uh yeah it's it's definitely been a a grind of a week without a doubt i've i'm my i don't know i've told you before my 40 hour week job is an electrician and i do commercial and industrial and such contractor here locally and I'm kind of a lead man on projects, and I've got like three projects going right now, and all of them seem to be like infant children that need me every waking minute of the day. So it's been it's been a grind lately. <laughs> oh, dude! See, you do one job that me nor freaking Meredith could do. I am colorblind, and I suck <laughs> at all electrical work. <laughs> I've never understood how you guys that make calls like Meredith and yourself can either A, be colorblind and then tell me that you enjoy duck hunting and be colorblind. Michael Meredith, I love him. I mean, he's my bro, but he's green colorblind. I'm like, dude, so you don't even know what a mallard looks like. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, well, I know it. I know it's a green. I said, but you don't really know. I mean, I, I can't imagine that. 
it's i didn't even know it until i was a uh out of high school like i had suspicion in like high school time frame but i didn't really know until i went into the navy and they did the little circle test and it was like you know like i said i suspected and then they they showed me like the first uh three or four cards and i was like yep that's a four that's a seven that's a six i was like oh i'm not colorblind at all and then they got to a card and i was like <laughs> no fucking clue <laughs> and they flipped over the next one and I was like okay that's a four and they went back to that same color palette that apparently I have a problem with and uh, I'm like squinting and stuff I'm like okay is it obvious like should I be seeing this obvious or should I have to like focus and unfocus my eyes or something they're like oh no it's blatantly obvious you're colorblind dude <laughs> wow, I just, I just can't, you know, in, in our hunting we do, I just can't imagine, because, I mean, that's a color, especially on a sunny day, man, I can pick that dude out for a mile, you know, it just, it just stands out, and I just, I can't imagine not being able to see that, that's crazy to me. Yeah, it's, where I have a lot of problem with is I'll see, uh, like, dark colors mess with me really bad, blues, are right. purples are the same thing to me when they're like navy um, i can see that greens like a dark forest green or i guess what i would say is a forest green i think is black half the time and right. then, like, browns and maroons and stuff like that anything that's dark i have a really hard time with wow that's that's crazy yeah it's goofy man it uh <laughs> so electrical work was never my strong suit uh back in the day <laughs> when everybody wanted to put new head units in their car and it was always for me it was like trial and error i'm like all right this wire has a line going through it this wire has a line going through it we're gonna try to connect them <laughs> so it take me three right. times as long well i've been doing it for so long now that if i tell my wife i'm too old now to try to start doing anything else so i just i just go with it at this point <laughs> do you uh so do you like pull cord and stuff like that on big jobs we we do everything like this week in particular has been a lot of underground rough in for a, a bigger project i'm doing so we're you know i'm running a mini x through the day and putting pipe in the ground and then you know eventually when the building's up we'll do all the rough in and everything of the building and then yeah we pull the wire and we do the service and the install i mean it's it's from from start to finish we pretty much do everything Good night, man. Yeah, that sounds like a big headache for you doing contractor work. Sometimes it is, and then every once in a while you get a project that's just a dream. It's easy, you know, but when you got three of them and two of them are in finishing mode and the other one is in the starting mode, it, it gets crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like you were saying, I had to turn off the fan real quick. I don't want that background noise going on, but uh, yeah when you get multiple projects and too many irons in the fire and you got people not wanting to show up or screwing stuff up and being late like i can imagine man yeah uh so we got into uh a little bit of dog work on the last podcast and uh you know talked you know just kind of your history with dogs and different stuff you've done with your dogs I guess we can go through like uh, you know some specifics and you know and kind of look at this retriever series and uh, just shed some more light and hopefully answer questions that people have. So if they do have questions, they can comment on this post or uh, 
you sure. know, on the, the closed group and start asking, giving us something to talk about on the next one. Wow, that'd be good. But, uh, yeah, let's start at the beginning, man. Like, picking a dog. Like, um, I know when I wanted to get an, a dog for hunting, like I said, now we have the freaking chocolate therapy lab dog, and she's in, <laughs> in good citizen class and all that kind of craziness, and she's just a freaking maniac. But uh, I know I wanted to find a very specific dog you know, I wanted a Fox Red British Lab. I wanted her to have all the freaking, you know, be from a really great lineage. And I wanted her to not be a 30-hour drive away to, you know, the East Coast or some craziness. Or, to go get her, sure. Yeah, yeah. So, like, there was a lot of studying. And it had to be at the right time for uh, when she, you know, was whelped and when she could go home, when I could start working with her. So, like, all the stars had to align. And, uh... You know, like, wh- what would you say, like, if somebody's looking for a dog, what are the things they need to look for? Uh, for me, the first thing is if you're going to get one, and I guess this is a weird, uh, and a lot of guys will think of this, but it's, it really hits me hard of, are you really, really wanting one? You know, it's kind of the thing of, you know, everybody wants a dog, but do they want a puppy? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, they, you know, they, they all hunt with their buddies that have that dog that they've been hunting with, you know, and chances are, you know, your buddy's dog is probably five, six, seven years old, and, and you're getting to see the the good times. You're getting to see the prime. You know, you're hunting with them, and they're picking all the ducks up. But, when you know, and you're sitting over there thinking, man, I want one. Well, you want that, but do you really want a puppy? You know, I mean, do you want to do you want to go through the stages it takes to get that dog that your buddy's sitting over there enjoying the good times with at that age? You know, so first of all, I mean, are you even at that point? Do you really know what you're getting into? You know what I mean? I mean, because like, a lot of guys they do they go and they get that puppy and then they get frustrated, <laughs> you know, or or they get exasperated with them and it gets to where they don't realize just how much time it takes every day working with them training with them you know doing stuff to get it to get what you want you know but i mean if you're really wanting one and you're going to get a puppy and you're you're ready for that for me personally it's what do you want out of one you know like you like you said you you had specific things you were looking for that british and that fox red color and things like that you know i mean are are you a black dog guy, yellow dog, chocolate, you know? Me, personally, I've, I've just got a... I don't have a... I'm not upset about any of the three colors, black, chocolate, or yellow. They're all great. But I have a soft spot for those black dogs. You know, just... And especially, man, in those seven-week-old black puppies. They're just like little velvet bundles. I mean, they're, just, they're beautiful to me. You know, but I'm looking for... A black dog, first of all, and, and my dogs have mostly been male, so you know that'd be another checklist. And then I'm going to be starting to look at the breedings, what's available. You know what? You know if, if you're wanting just a hunting dog and you don't care about ever running a test or a trial, you know and that's fine, man. There's some great, just what 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 we call pure meat dogs. There's some there's some awesome ones out there. Hey, buddy, let me, uh, I'm going to pause this thing really quick. Can you hear that coming through? 
No, I don't hear a thing. Really? Dude, there is... It has to be showing up on the recording. There is a cricket in the garage, and it sounds like a referee <laughs> blowing their whistle like crazy. So I don't want the whole time. It just fired up all of a sudden. So let me hit pause really quick. We had to dispose of the cricket in a humane way, and now we're recording again. So... <laughs> Yeah, you were talking about, man, you have to want to make that commitment. And yes. it's a 12-year commitment, you know, 12 to 14 years what you're looking at. And it's it's such a time-consuming like thing. And, you know, when we talked about getting a you know another dog for her therapy dog, and she brought it up to me originally, and I was like, I don't know if, you know if we can do another puppy. You're in your master's classes. We have three kids in school. I work. I'm busy 24-7. I was like, I just don't know if this is the best time. Right, <laughs> and of course, exactly. She wore me down <laughs> over and over. And, right. uh, you know, eventually I'm like, okay, well, you're stuck at home with freaking, you know, the corona and school being shut down and stuff like that. And that was like in May. And I was like, if you can find a dog that meets all the criteria of what we want, then all right, let's go look at it, and uh, we'll we'll find us a dog. Two days later, she found one in freaking Oklahoma. I was like, well, I wasn't expecting that, and she's like, well, you gave me the green light, so I wasn't wasting any time. Yeah. So, the dog has been freaking great, and we've taken her. You know, she's like I said, she's in her good citizen class, and then she has to move on to like all the therapy dog classes and yeah. pass like a hundred different tests to do all this stuff and be able to be in schools with like little kids and stuff and uh now school starts back up next week and her classes have started back up and it's like holy crap you know all all this free time that we had to work with the dog like well now it's uh now it's really tight and now we're trying to figure it out as we go and i was like okay remember when i was talking about this in march like we're there now like yeah this is we we're on board now we've already made the commitment so it's it's gonna happen but it's a lot tougher than it was yeah and i mean and 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 time gets a lot shorter very quick you know and and and, you know and and time change even you know guys that get puppies you know you get that you get a puppy, you know, say you get a puppy at Christmas time, you know, I, I never personally want, like getting them that late in the year when it's cold and, you know, and you can't do much with them and, you know, depending on where you live. I mean, if you're some dude down in Louisiana or something like that, you know, they probably don't ever know what cold is. Right. You know, but I mean, you know, late December, January, you know, we, we not a great time for a little puppy trying to learn the ropes of things, you know, when it's that cold outside. You know, but if you get them, me personally, I'm, and it's not that I've even designed it this way, it's just always kind of worked out that I usually have gotten my puppies in the early spring, like first part of March, late March. It's just when I'm, I guess that's just usually when I've been ready personally to go get one. You know, and, and it's it's great time too. Time, you know, the time change is coming up. You're getting more daylight. The weather's good. You know, the the water's warming up for when you get ready to start doing some water work with them. You know, and, and it's just it's good timing. You know, you got you got opportunities to do stuff. 
you know, but for me, if I'm, I go to looking for one, you know, like we were saying earlier, for we had our had to get rid of Jiminy Cricket there in your area, <laughs> but you know, we I, I look at breedings. You know, what what am I wanting? You know, what's what's mom and dad got? You know, and on their papers, you know, and 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 if it's a good breed, if it's a breeder, a true breeder, they're gonna they're gonna advertise that litter for sale by advertising who the parents are you know but then if it's like if it's a pro trainer and he's got a dog on his truck or maybe the both male and the females on the truck and their clients dogs and they've decided they wanted to breed them you know ask about them i mean he's if he's got the if he's got the mom and the dad i mean ask him he trains and works with those dogs every day what are they like you know what's their bloodlines what's their what's their uh background you know do they have hunt test titles are they a hunt retriever champion i mean are they a grand title dog you know a master or are they any of it you know what are they like when they're not training are they cool customers you know when they're not training and hunting just laid back or are they just you know fire breathing maniacs 24 hours a day (laughs) you know i mean and and you got to kind of know what you're wanting to get you know before you buy the puppy and see, I think that's one thing that guys uh, underestimate is they get too much dog for them. Oh, yeah. Like, if you're oh, going yeah. hunting, you know, every weekend or every other weekend, you know, 10, 15 times a year, you don't need a freaking fire-breathing dragon, man. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, we all, all of us, we watch, you know, you watch outdoor show, television stuff, you know, YouTube, whatever it is. And you always see those hard-driving, push-hard, you know, wild, wide-open top retrievers. You know, and they, they look cool. You know, they're both, they've are they got big water entries on them. You know, they're jumping big and just driving hard through, you know, muck and whatnot. And that's awesome. And, that's, and those are great dogs, you know, not saying they're not. But like you said, if you're a guy that hunts, you know, in like Arkansas, a 60-day season, and you get to put in maybe 14 days in that season. You know, you may want that drive in that dog, but man, really, if you're not going to really work with him on the days you don't hunt, you got a Ferrari that's wanting to hit the Autobahn and you're putting him on a dirt road every day. Yeah, you know, I mean, they want to go. You know, they got a lot of energy. They want to drive, you know, so it's, 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 what do you want to do? You know, but then you get guys that like these guys, the guys that got professionally, Man, you're going to hunt that dog. Man, some of them guys, they probably hunt those dogs 120, 140 plus days. Oh, yeah. Man, that, that takes a special, I mean, that takes a special person, first of all, to have the patience to hunt that much. But then that dog, he's got to have some, I mean, he's got to have some desire to him because that's work. You know, I mean, that, especially if it's a dog that's with an outfitter, a good outfitter that's putting a lot of ducks down, that dog's earning his earning his pro playing dog food man you know he's he's putting in some work so he's it takes a special a little bit special athlete to be able to do that so really what you're saying is you have to look for what your hunting situation is like to find a dog that fits you versus yes. going out and just trying to get the highest titled papered all that nonsense. You know, you want the, the titles and the bloodline and stuff like that, but you want to find... Like, my ideal dog, I used to hunt 120 days a year, 100 days a year. Man, life is not like that anymore. I hunt <laughs> weekends 
and then sometimes I'll try to sneak away one day during the week, you know, maybe three days a week. So I'm looking at 30-day season, which is still pretty respectable, but uh, I want a dog that is going to go out there, pick up the ducks. I, he doesn't have to do any kind of passes, you know, grand pass, any of that any of that kind of stuff. But I want him to come out and sleep on the floor in the living room yeah. and hang out and uh, come out to the shop and be sleeping on the floor while I'm turning calls. Like, that's what I think a lot of people really want. They just don't know it. And, and you know, you can have that even in the higher bread. You know what I mean? You can have that because a lot of that is even – in their socializing when they're a puppy and you first get them is is literally putting them in that in that lifestyle every day of their life you know i mean they get used to everything you know used to hanging out at the camp used to sitting around the fire with everybody you and your kids and your wife and your buddies or like you said sitting in the call shop while you're spinning the lays he's over sleeping the floor you know because it's no big deal to him you know they it's just everyday life and he can still be that absolute top bred retriever that when it's time to go get in the truck and get on the stand he's he's he just looks over at you like you do the shooting i'll do the picking right. i got this you know what i mean you just you do your part i'll do mine he knows his he knows his world you know you can have that in there and i mean some of the coolest ones i've ever been around at duck camps and stuff that i've been blessed to be in are some, I mean, some absolute top-notch blue ribbon bred retrievers that have got titles just rolling off their names, plus their parents do. But man, when we get done hunting, we go back to camp. The dudes asleep over there on the floor. <laughs> Dude, that my old uh, beagling dog, or my old uh, rabbiting dog, my old beagle. Dude, if that guy was not out hunting, he was asleep ninety-nine percent of the time. It would not move. Like, you tell him, hey, you know, come, let's go do something. You know, get up and you just open one eye. <laughs> like, not even both eyes, just open one of them, look at you, and just turn and roll back over and go back to sleep. Right. You know, and, and me, now that I've gotten into this game, my my first true hunting dog that I had was my old one, that I was old, old Ace. And he had a pretty good pedigree to him i mean you know it wasn't just stacked up you know like court i mean he wasn't just stacked with papers but he had a pretty good decent pedigree his daddy was a seat hunting retriever champion mama had never done any tests or anything she hunted some he was a maniac though i mean i look back now that dude was bullheaded as they come and just wide open 24 7 he never settled down and even at home, he was not the dog that, even during a hunt, you know, you, you kind of want to reach over and love on your dog for a second, you know, especially if they made a good retrieve. Yeah. Scout would, not Scout, but Ace would literally pull away from you and look at you like, don't touch me. <laughs> He's in business mode. And no, he would look at you like, I don't need you. The only reason I need you is to shoot stuff for me to go get. <laughs> And, I mean, at home, I'd be like, you know, we'd be hanging out in the yard. I'd be doing stuff, and, and I'd, th- you know, try to get him to come hang out with me. And he would literally come over to you, look, and then go lay down five feet away and look at you like, I don't need you. <laughs> I mean, I loved him, but the dude was just bullheaded, you know, and just wide open. And, the, and then you go to the one I've got now, Scout. He's, he's Hunter Retriever 
champion himself, titled himself. He's gotten a few master passes in AKC. We're working to get that title. We're going to be going in a few weeks, sending him to go run the Fall Grand in October. And he is the most stuck to me, like on my hip, has separation anxiety that is ridiculous. The dude has to be right next to me every minute of the day. <laughs> I mean, he and, and, and my oldest daughter, Emily, I tell everybody she is Scout's favorite human. I mean, she he, he thinks that she hung the moon. <laughs> You know, and, and I'm just not used to the lovey-dovey dog because old Ace literally would not give you the time of day. <laughs> you know, but I love it because he's he's cool. He'll hang out with you. Yeah. You know, and now he's a little wired up even after we're done. And you know, we get done hunting and I can come home and we hunt them mostly public now. We'll come home and you'll open the box, let him out. And he'll roam around the yard a little bit and then he's, he's running in the backyard. I mean, and we just got through having a four-man hunt where we've shot four limits and you would think, yeah, you're going to be wore out, tired, you worked yourself to death. We go home, I let him in the backyard, I look out there and he's running laps chasing my daughter playing. <laughs> Just endless energy. Right. You know, you know but, but he's cool. He's, he's a personable dog and I, I love that about it. You know, so that just goes into, you know, like we were saying, what do you want? You know what I mean? What, you know, what is it you really want when you get one? Yeah, I agree, man. It's uh, it's about finding that, and it's funny you were talking about that separation anxiety. The uh, <coughs> our pup, she will uh, the girlfriend, man. That is her like sidekick. She is with us all the time, and she'll be in the shower, and that dog will nose open the shower door <laughs> and try to jump in there with her all the time, and it's just. It cracks me up because, you know, their personality. That's how one of my old labs was. Man, anytime I went anywhere, he was always, you know, right at freaking heel, just hanging out. Like, yeah. he, he could be sitting and getting loved on by the kids and getting pet up. If I got up and walked into the other room, he was like, well, sorry, guys. See you. Come <laughs> out. <up."> yep. yeah. <laughs> They're just, their personalities, man. That's why I think people love dogs so much man you like yep they're it's dogs are just unconditional man it's crazy yep no kidding i mean and scouts that way you know right now he's on a on a pros truck a good friend of mine like i said we're getting ready to go run the grand and you know like i said earlier with my job obviously my time is limited on how much i can do every day so and to get ready to go to the big show you need to be working a whole lot with them so he's with my buddy that's a pro but i can go show up on a day or an afternoon to train with him and scout hasn't seen me all week and has been cool they've been working hard you know david says hey he's doing great you know we talk back and forth i can show up that morning and get out of my truck and just walk past the trailer and he smells me and immediately goes to whimpering and whining in there just because he's like is the same david just looks at me like he's He's like, man, that, that dude's separation anxiety is ridiculous. He knew you were here when you pulled up in the truck. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're his person. You know yeah. what I mean? They, 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 they do. They, they get seriously connected to you. Yeah, and that's why, you know, we were talking about. It's that 12-year commitment, you know. You right. have to really, 
really be on board with it and think about it. You know, there's a lot of waterfowl hunters, you know, that 20 to 30 year range, you're not ready to make a commitment to a woman for that long, you know, (laughs) like freaking, you know, that's a big thing, man, having your dog 24-7. Yeah, and most of the young guys, you know, that, that 60 days of the year is probably the only 60 days they don't think about a female. And, there's you know a female girl walking around and you know they sure don't need to be with a brand new young dog that they don't have time to work and train with you know because for me if there's anything that drives me more crazy and this is kind of a pet peeve of mine but it's the guys that get them they get a dog and they and they get all you know it's like getting a a new anything when you first get it it's all you want to do you know what I mean? You're consumed with it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's a, you, you, no matter what it is, you know, you, you're all time thinking and wanting to do something with whatever that new thing is. And that's where they get with that new dog or that new puppy. And then the new wears off, you know, you know, say they got them in April, April, May, we're, we're working, we're training, boy, yeah, you know, your buddies are even watching, you know, you're telling your buddies how they're doing this and that. June, July, summer months roll around and it's hot and you're you're wanting to go to the lake and run around and play and don't do much with the puppy and you're still letting them ride and go do stuff with you but you're not really training or doing anything with them and then I, and then you show up in October and I've seen it guys are out here you know at the local lake or or training grounds and they're just going ballistic because they don't understand why the dog won't do what it's supposed to do all of a sudden yeah yeah you know and it's even worse with the guys that have the dogs that have been trained or are seasoned in it you know just meat dogs that have hunted for five six years and you've let old fido sit on the couch all summer long soaking up ac and and following the kids around eating stuff that kids drop on the floor and then you know late september october you're out there just losing your mind because he won't sit still to see one bird thrown you know well i mean come on what do you expect <laughs> right he's been sitting on the couch soaking up the ac watching freaking tv all right he's been watching <laughs> cartoons with the kids and wondering if you even remember what what what, what he can do <laughs> exactly man you know it's it's an investment you know exactly so you you pick your dog you finally find one and you know it's that eight to ten week range whatever everybody brings them home at about seven weeks usually yeah so what are you starting with a dog like uh like what drills are you starting even at that young age man day one when i bring one home my biggest thing with with puppies young baby puppies socializing you know like we were talking earlier you want that you eventually you want that dog that's cool laying asleep over you know at the camp or whatever that puppy needs to literally be <clears throat> shown put into immersed whatever you want to call it absolutely every kind of situation or circumstance that you can ever think he's going to be a part of in his life I mean, if that, and that means if you've got kids at home, that puppy's around the little, around your kids. You know, these. If you're gonna keep your dog in the house, you start housebreaking them immediately. You know, letting them learn the rules of the house. You know, 
take them for rides in the truck, go through the drive-thru at the bank, go through the drive-thru at McDonald's. I mean, take them for walks in the park, get them, you know, take them for a boat ride. I mean, put them in every situation you absolutely can so that everything that's, that, you know, they get such a big world to realize, you know, and, and it just all becomes part of what is their life. You know what I mean? I mean, they they need to see and do everything they can. And then as far as training goes, I start immediately with just simple, basic obedience at, at seven weeks old. And it's there's nothing formal about it. There's nothing. There's no discipline. I mean, for goodness sakes, you've got a baby. You know, I mean, they, you know, they don't come out knowing what to do. So basic basic easy obedience just the sit command sit and i use a treat i do i use treats for them when they're that little oh yeah i mean give them a little incentive i mean and 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 i do it in the house a lot because it's easy for me to kind of keep them under control you know i'll do i'll put them on a little slip lead a little light slip lead which there again gets them used to feeling a lead around their neck just something else that eventually they're gonna have as an adult you know, and walk them around the house, tell them sit, push their little bottom to the ground, make sure their head sits up straight. When they do, praise them like a cheerleader cheering for a touchdown and give them a treat. And just, and repeat, you know, and just do basic sit stuff. Sit and hear. Tell them hear. Every time you call them, hear. You know, and, and teach them their name. I mean, they need to know what their name is. You know, but it's, it's all fun stuff at that age. You know, when you first get them, nothing formal whatsoever at first. Yeah, yeah, it's just getting them used to the house, the environment, the, you know, like you said, the lead thing I think is so important because you'll have a dog and it'll be, you know, 12, 13 weeks old and you've had him at home for five, six weeks and he's never been on a walk yet because you can't take a dang dog anywhere in the public, you know, until they've had all their shots and you're like, well, this damn dog won't walk on a freaking leash because yeah. it's never had one around. You know, it's not used to it. Yeah. That's why, you know, the little flat nylon, little slip leads, uh, they're easy to slip on and off over their, over their head. And I put, I use it for puppies, you know, and I'm, and I'm not even pulling them with it. More or less, I'm letting them wear it and they feel it. They know it's there, you know, and they, and again, they just get used to having it. On, so it doesn't freak them out and, you know like like you get the dog like you said like that 14 15 week old puppy that's never had anything pushed up and over their head it doesn't just panic them i mean it's seven weeks old it's just part of life i get to wear this thing you know <laughs> right they don't want to turn and start biting at it yeah they still will i mean they're puppies they're still gonna do that you know i mean you gotta expect that they're a puppy they're a dog they're gonna try to play and chew at everything you know, and and then the fun thing when they're that little is tons and tons of just fun. I call them hup hups retrieves, just happy fun. You're just playing fetch, and it can it doesn't even have to be a bumper at that age. I mean, you can get the little puppy bumpers. You know, I mean, you've seen the little dove or the teal or whatever. You can get those if you want, but man, you can also just use whatever else. I, I use rolled up socks. You know, tie a knot, put another sock in it. Just something playing, playing fetch, getting them where they're, 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 you build that desire, build that drive, 
Yeah, get that excitement about the thing, making it fun. Yeah, get built, get that fire built in them, you know. And and I, a lot of times when they get eight, nine, ten weeks old, they start kind of getting that fire. I'll keep, I keep, man, I play fetch. Now I don't play fetch to the point that they're exhausted. You know, you used to hear guys say, "Play till they're just tired." No, I don't like doing that. I like getting them playing with them, and then when they're just they're really eating it up, I, I would just, we just put it up. We're done. You know, keep them where they're still excited. You know what I mean? And I'll take them to a hallway in the house. Because then the little beggar can't get away from you. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've heard guys say, well, I've got to my lab puppy. He retrieves, but he won't bring it back to me. Okay, well, his breed is a retriever. His breed is not a bring it back to the human dog. He's a retrie- he, he retrieved it, but he's not he's not automatically out of the wound program to bring it back to you. <laughs> right, right. You know? So I put him in a hallway with that bumper or that sock, and then the little beggar's got nowhere else to go but back to me. Right, and he gets that, that five-second freaking brain, you know? Uh, right, because, I mean, the their puppies. attention span's nothing. I mean, yeah, it doesn't last long. You know, they're a puppy. <laughs> exactly. By the time you know he's gone and picked it up, he's like, I don't even know what I'm supposed to be doing with this anymore. Oh, he's thinking, well, how can I get away from you and just keep it for myself and chew on it? <laughs> right. You know, but if he's got to come back by me, and chances are I'm gonna get my hands on him and get it from him, and we're gonna go, we're gonna throw it, we're gonna do it again. <laughs> you know. So when they're that age you like uh you working on the sit and you know just walking around heel like when do you start working on like the stay and the hold and that type of thing uh i don't really teach stay sit to me means when i say sit it's from that moment i said it till i release you at right. another point you know i mean sit means sit <laughs> you know it, it's from now till whenever but the hold man really Early on, when they're a little, like that seven-week-old puppy, I don't, I don't do that. You know, now I'll, with that little puppy, if they're bringing back the bumper and they're wanting to hold it for a minute, I don't immediately just take it from them real quick and throw it again. I'll encourage them, let them hold on to it. You know, you know, kind of love on them, pet on their head, show them how good they are. You know, and love on them and such. And while they're still holding it, kind of condition them to. You can hold on to that. You did good. You brought it back to me. You know, you're you're awesome. You know, and then eventually take it from them and throw it again. You know, but actual hold conditioning. No, yeah, is, that's a whole other freaking yeah. That's, deep that's dive. yeah. That's much farther down. We're talking seven, eight months down the road for a puppy. You know, as far as that goes. I mean, I, you know, even dogs. You know, you you start actually going out and doing field work with them. You know it. 13, 14 weeks old, you know, you start throwing some, I've got a buddy here now that we, he's got a young puppy that we actually trained yesterday, and we were throwing Cosmo some marks in, in the field after we got done with the, big, with the big dogs, and he's not holding Cosmo back, you know, he's not trying to make him stay, it's just, I'm out there throwing the bird for him at about 50, 60 yards, and I mean, the minute that bird hits the ground, he's letting Cosmo go. You know, we're just just getting to where he's looking out, seeing it come out, seeing it fall, and go get it, buddy. You know, I at this age, at two, three months old, I don't need you to be steady yet. You know, we, we've got time for that. Right now, I want you to 
have that desire to go get it. You know, and especially in this field. Oh, lost you a little bit, buddy. Still there? We'll hit pause. All right, we got you back on here, man. So you were talking about um, just teaching them to uh, just the fun part of retrieving versus like working on, uh, you know, steadiness and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, young puppies, man, I don't I don't try to steady a young puppy for a while. I mean, really, I don't. I mean, we've got time to steady, you know what I mean, as we go. At first, I just, I want them to have fun. It's all about having fun. Because if they're having fun, they're enjoying it, you're building that fire, they're, they're going to get, literally, they get addicted to doing what they do. You know what I mean? And, and that, that fire that gets built up like that, so later when we do start holding them back at first before we actually, you know, send them on a, on a bird and such, they've got enough fire that that hold on, holding them back a little bit doesn't affect them. You know what I mean? You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, do, it doesn't, like, like, well, wait a minute. Why can't I go? And then they're just like, well, heck with it, you know. They're they're no they're sitting under going, no, say, let me go, say the word, and I'm gone, you know. And you you want to build that kind of fire in them. I got you, I got you. So you have uh, you have them now. When what age are you introducing them to uh, water? You depends on time of year. Well, you know, yeah. Ideally, if it's you know early summer, like you were talking, or, or late spring, early summer type thing. Yeah, if if the water temp is pretty warm, like it's comfortable, you know, I don't I don't want to throw, I don't want to put a puppy in a water in water that's cold that's gonna water freak them. You know, it's gonna be so cold they don't want to go back in it later because that that creates monsters down the road for us. You know, but if it's if it's late spring, early summer, water's getting pretty warm, feeling good, you know. Man, if that, it, I've seen seven, eight-week-old puppies doing water retrieves, you know, and, and I mean, it's, let's get it, you know. But I introduce, me personally, I kind of introduce them to water pretty slowly. I The way I did with Scout, this when I did with him when he was a little one, is I put him on a check cord so he can't just take off running and be gone away from me. I mean, because for me, puppies stay on check cords for a while you know they, they can't be trusted yet <laughs> right you know i mean that they, they just they can't be and and they'll they'll take off it i mean you know it's like that attention span we said you know they'll be doing having fun retrieving with you and then they look over and they're like oh a butterfly and they're gone you know <laughs> well now you go catch that puppy so they they keep check cords on them but now ex- um, explain check cords to the people who don't know. Just okay. a long rope attached. Yeah, it's essentially, and I use a floating top. It's a rope that will float. So when we're if we're training in water, it will not get down under their feet and their legs when they're swimming. But it's about a 25, 30 foot uh, long lead, essentially. You know, a yeah. long rope, and with a clip on on it, just a flat collar that they're wearing, and it it keeps me a 25 foot way to get a hold of them right. if they decide to chase the butterfly you know <laughs> and but you know when we're introducing the water i'll walk out into the water and then whether it's a pond or the lake whatever i'll walk out in the edge and because some puppies you have to kind of coax them in you know you get occasionally you get that little bulldog he thinks he's gonna just bound out there and not scared of nothing you know and that's awesome but 
a lot of them they get to that water's edge and they're like, oh, what is that all about <laughs> man we we went um swimming with ours and it was like may just warm enough to start swimming and uh we were out at the lake and she got up to the water's edge and was you know messing around in that you know two to three inches and kind of playing right. So we get in the water and we're swimming and she's up on the bank just kind of hanging out and watching. All of a sudden she decides she's going to run full speed, jump in, and then hit over her head and started just swimming and was like, oh, holy crap, what have I, what have yeah. I done? Right. Yeah, and, and like my old guy, he was the one that just bounded off in it, didn't even care, didn't even look up. And... <laughs> was out there swimming in deep water at, at 10 weeks old. Didn't even care. But then Scout, when I got now, he was the guy that I was standing in ankle-deep water in a, in a pond and and hup, 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 hups, you know, with a little fun bumper and just kind of toss it, I mean, like a foot out in front of him. And he'd kind of pat it to water with his feet and bounce and, and want to go and jump and would get his feet wet and reach as far as he could and get it, but not go get wet, you know? So it, it took five or six times. And finally, once he, he got to a point where he kind of fell and like, once he got wet, he was like, Oh, okay, this isn't scary. And boom, we went into the water and he, and he started. And from that point, he's never looked back on water. See, and I think that's something that people, you know, I think it's so easy to screw a dog up doing it that way. People just throw them in the freaking water. Yeah, it's that's like, so wrong. It's like, you know, throwing a three-year-old in the pool. I know that's how exactly. it used to be done, but... Right. <laughs> well, we used to do a lot of things different than we do now, but we've learned. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, but to me, that's that's how you introduce them, you know, and, and, he can, and it doesn't always have to be a puppy. I mean, I've seen some bigger dogs year old that just are really scared of water i mean dogs are like people they've all got little quirks little personalities about that some things just scare other people that don't scare me you know and dogs are the same way you know but you just go slow with them and and you can get and a lot most of them you can get them through it you know now you got a few that are just just paranoid about stuff and that's just how they're gonna be Right, right. And it's, you know, you're talking about the water. If you have a dog that's scared of water, what do you do? Just keep them around it more? I just, I try not to make it a forceful thing. If you've got one that's absolutely just, I mean, really paranoid of it, I don't ever want to shove them into their uncomfortable place. Right. I try to, I try to be sneaky about it and then not realize they're doing it. You know, I mean, and there's there's ways you can do like you can even do that. And it sounds weird. It sounds crazy. But dogs that won't like go and run through the water, I can throw stuff and have them run through a mud puddle. and They don't even realize they've gotten wet, but they have. You know, and, and it's and it's just because sometimes just that instance of getting wet freaks some of them out. But they, they do that a few times, and then we'll go try the water again, you know, and just try to ease them into it and find, you'll find that spot where they'll finally either show you they trust you, or they're going to be the one that's just like, I'm just not about this, and I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And it's like being a, a small kid, you know? <laughs> if, you're, uh, if you're starting off in your little kiddie pool, 
or you're the first time you ever see water is the ocean. Like, <laughs> you know, you're going to have some reservations about this big, huge open body of water, like a lake to a puppy. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to take your uh, second grader and just throw them in the Olympic pool and say, let's go. You know, I mean, we're, we're, we're probably going to start off in the shallow end. You know what I mean? Right. And let them walk down the steps and play on the steps a little while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It's a, uh, I, that's the thing is people, you just have to have patience and be right. slow. And it's, it's a long, long process. You know, like you were it talking is. about, you see, uh, that, that dog at five, six years old and you're like, oh, I want that. And people try to do it in under a year, and they want to get them out there for that first season, build up all these expectations in their head. And it's like, dude, you're dealing with a, a seven-year-old, you know, like a, uh, a, a small kid. Yeah, and, well, and, and you know, and there is a way to get that five, six-year-old that you're wanting if you've got the bankroll for it. You can buy a finished dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, you, there's, there's, and there's guys that do that. And that's, I mean, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's, there are, and I know some guys here locally in areas that I hunt. And I mean, and that some, actually a couple of guys that train with us that they never saw their dog as puppies. None of them. They bought these as finished dogs. Like they've been on a pro's truck and these dogs have tiles and, and they'll tell you, I don't have the time for all that. And I don't. They're not real big into training and doing, and they just don't have the time or the desire. So they went and bought a finished dog because they want a dog to go hunt and it's going to do what it's supposed to do. And that's what the dog is there for. Yeah, it's about having that self-awareness of, you know, like, this isn't for me. I'm not going to be able to put the time and the attention that I really need to do to do it the right way. So if it's available and you can afford it, why not? Right, you know, but for me, I'm I'm the dog dude the guy, and I like the process that it takes. You know, it, it's for me, it's fun because I get that connection, like we talked about. You know, so I'm on the other side. I, I want to have to go through all that stuff to see it come to fruition down the road. Yeah, it's a it's a special thing, man. To uh, you know, just it's like watching another kid grow up. I mean, that's really what it is. Right. Well, it's it's like with you guys that, that, that make calls. Uh, for me personally, dude, it would drive me crazy to stand in front of the lathe. Like, it would drive me criminally insane because I would probably explode the first three pieces I put on it. I just want the duck call. Right. You know, I just, I mean, I'm the one that calls Mike and I'm like, look, dude, here's what I want. I want it to run this sound and make it out of this wood. Call me when it's done. You know, I'm not the guy that's got the patience or the enjoyment in making them. Well, you just got Micah a whole bunch of angry hate mail. (laughs) 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 Letting everybody else know it's that easy. Well, at the same time, the one, the particular one I just got, he can tell you it's been a long process to get that one. Yeah, but that's the one that he got. You guys can check it out on uh, Mike's Instagram. He just posted it the other day. But uh, that hedge, dude, like that burl part of uh-huh. it, it looks like straight grain on one side, and then you flip it over, and it's burl on the other. That thing is wicked. That call actually was ordered last year. Like, about maybe even 
like February, <laughs> like well over a year ago. And it was like, hey, I'm kind of wanting an all hedge again. What can you do? And he's like, you're. It's gonna take a while. <laughs> I was like, I was like, okay, what's a while? He goes, just I'll let you know. And that was the last I heard about it. All I right, mean, well. literally, that was the last I heard until just a little while back. And I was like, so what's the word on the call? He's like, it's gonna be special, but I'm not spent sending you a picture till I'm done. Nice, nice. Yeah, that. So you just erased half the hate mail he's getting. Yeah, <laughs> but it's okay. Right, right. So. You got him. You got him started on some basics. You know, sit, stay, oh, not stay, sit. Um, you know, the walking on the lead, getting him into the water. When are you starting to do some like structured training? I the first true structured training we do, we we'll go to field work, which is but when with young dogs, field work is pretty much you're just throwing marks. You know, just a bird they see fall. You know, and then and you're giving them in at first all their marks, puppy marks are like golf course cover. You know what I mean? Like like easy clean mode. I want them to have a no doubt they see where it fell. Right. You know, because I'm I'm teaching the desire and I'm teaching them to mark. I'm teaching them to where they can look out and see where it fell and go to that spot and pick that bird up. You know, and as they show progression and show, you know, ability and we start, we go, we start stretching maybe distance, maybe we start putting a little bit of terrain involved in it, a hill or a dip, and then we may put a little cover, you know, maybe it's not golf course anymore, it's a bit thicker, taller, you know, we start doing that. So that's their, quote, structured stuff for a while. Once they get about seven months typically sometimes longer for other ones just depends but most of them about seven months of age their first real structured stuff kind of really kicks in formal obedience and by formal i mean you know like if there's some there's a little bit of emphasis on sit now you know we'll we'll start uh, collar conditioning, which all that means, and I know a lot of folks here, collar and red flags start going up everywhere. Collar conditioning, all I'm doing is I want to find the absolute lowest, lightest level on that collar to get a response. And by response, I mean like an ear twitch, you know, or, or, or they kind of just you might see an ear twitch. You might see them kind of look to one side like, what was that? You know, nothing, no vocal. You know what I mean? No no painful vocal scream out. Just enough of a twitch to them that they kind of like, well, what, what in the world is that, you know? And we start collar conditioning to where they understand what the collar means. You know what I mean? So that it's, it's later we can use it because we don't teach with an e-collar ever. We condition and and polish with an e collar. Now you you brought up e collar. Sorry to cut you off, brother. No, um, you're good. Have you ever put one on and tested it on yourself? Me personally? Yes. One time. One time. <laughs> I've seen videos, brother. I just had to ask what. And I, was and that I did one? it on my leg, and it was it was interesting. 
<laughs> I just had to ask because everybody that trains dogs, I always <laughs> wonder right. if they've done it on themselves. Sorry to cut you off. Keep going. No, you're good. But you know, usually seven months or so, we you know we'll we'll start formal obedience. We're now we're putting a little you know they've by that time you've been doing enough of the treat training stuff with sit and hear that they know what their name is they know what that sit means they know what here means you know because you conditioned it even with the treat you know what i mean right so now we're gonna when we say sit i'm gonna condition it with that collar i found that absolute lowest level when i say sit i'm gonna give you a little nick of sit and nick you know and it's just another way to condition it you know and i'm gonna be i'm gonna take the treats away you know what I mean? I'm on because I mean I don't plan on carrying a pocket full of treats with me every day of my life when we hunt. Right. So, you know, I'm taking those away, and we're just gonna. You know what sit command means. I'm not teaching you with this collar. You already know what sit means. I'm conditioning it with this collar. You know, it's, it's so when you hear sit, I give you a little stimulate, just a little nick with the collar. You know, and then we do the same with here. And that sort of thing, and even like the place command or or kennel, you know, just depend, everybody does something different. I use place, and that can mean get up on a dog stand, get in your box, get up on the tailgate, whatever. You know, I've been teaching that as a puppy. I mean, I can even teach them to get on the dog stand in the yard, having a foot off the ground, and just you know, with a treat, lead them up there, and as they get on it, place, and they get up there and give the treat. And you know see, what I mean? That's a good uh, question, too. Is that something... How young do you start, like, a, a certain spot? Like, I've seen different guys use, like, a piece of black mat that they throw on the uh-huh. ground or a little pedestal or something to jump up on. Like, um, we had an ottoman that we would use, you know, when she yeah. was a, a little puppy and have her, like, sit on that ottoman. And that was where, you know, every the training her was spot. happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I do it early. I do it when they're baby, when they're puppies. Yeah. Just as something else to teach them. You know what I mean? It's something else to do. And, and again, like I said earlier, nothing's formal. You know, I'm just teaching it easy. You know, and like that, you know, the dog stand in the backyard, I've got one angle on a tree out here, and it literally it's like a foot off the ground. You know, and I'll walk them that little slip lead and tell them place. And when they get up there, you know, the first few times, you got to kind of have to convince them to get off the ground and get up on it, you know place and they get up there and when they do it's good good you know and love on them and then we do it again i may give them a treat when they get up there and they're dogs they're they learn enough you give them a treat every time they're gonna start doing it <laughs> especially labs yeah you know <laughs> so i mean and they learn that place command and then later we condition it with the collar you know and then that's the first true formal stuff and then as far as all the other bigger stuff, guys wonder about, like, when can I start running blinds with my dog? When can I start doing the tea drill and, and all that stuff? All that, every process and step you go through with a dog literally goes in a crawl, walk, run, you know, a, a little step process as we get to the bigger picture. You know, and, and me, I am a guy that is a big believer in force fetch. And it happens at about seven and a half to eight months of age. Once they get all their adult teeth in, you know, because puppy is all their puppy teeth, just like our kids lose their baby teeth. 
And once all their puppy teeth are out and they got all their adult teeth, we can do force fetch. I think and, that uh, that's a big can of worms that we need to, uh, I don't know, start another episode with. That's probably, it's a huge subject. It's, it's, it's ginormous. Well, that's Even good. though it, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be, but it's a big one. Well, that's good, man, because, you know, we kind of started at the, the, you know, picking a dog, finding it, working through some of the, the early, early puppy stages of stuff in this one, and we're just now hitting an hour, and I think that would be a good place to start, you know, yeah, in a week or two, absolutely. work on that force fetch, and then maybe dive back into uh, some collar conditioning, because that could be a whole episode on its own. Well, and, it, and it, you get the collar, once force fetch is done, we're going to collar condition the fetch command, too. Yes, yes, absolutely, man. Well, I appreciate the heck out of you, man. I know we uh, we talked about it earlier in the week, and I looked at oh, my, you're good. I looked at my phone, man. I was like, oh crap, it's already almost eight o'clock, and I was like, I better hit him up and see if we can push this back a couple minutes. And you <laughs> you were like, dude, I completely forgot too. <laughs> and I, I mean, busy in with kids, and school's about to get started. It starts coming Monday, and my wife's a teacher, and the pandemonium of all that going on. Yeah, I completely forgot when you text me. I was like, yeah, it's great. Eight thirty sounds perfect. I done forgot all about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's my man. She's got to spend all uh, weekend up at the school doing all of her last minute stuff right all right buddy well i appreciate it and uh like i said i'll text you and we'll set up another one of these here in a couple of weeks and if you guys have any questions or whatever make sure you comment on the episode and uh you know we'll we'll tag james in it for sure and uh so that way he can give you some different answers in whatever free time that he decides he gets but <laughs> i really appreciate it buddy and i hope you have a great night man you too man appreciate it all right buddy take care you bet thanks all right, bye all right guys another part of the retriever series i hope you guys are enjoying this just something a little bit different than the old competition callers uh and uh call making side of everything i just lost all train of thought it's getting late enjoy it like it share it do all that good stuff see you